Hey everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. This is Boardcast News for May 14th. I am your host, Matt, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Dan. Hello. You'll notice that we are sans Tiffany today. She had some other obligations that she had to attend to, but it's going to be Dan and I flying solo, the Nonsensical Brothers. We'll see how it goes. And now, let's waste no more time and jump right into the news. So, just want to start out, the day we're recording is Mother's Day, so if we have any mothers out there listening, oh. happy Mother's Day. Happy, belated. happy Mother's Day, board game moms. Yes, board game moms are awesome. We have one, and we can't thank her enough. So, <laughs> <laughs> so starting off, let's go with uh, Stronghold Games announced um, another year of, so this seems to be a trend that they're going with. Last year was the year of Space Cadets. And this year is going to be the year of Survive. Now, so, do you think they followed through last year? They kickstarted a Space Cadets game. And they also, they did release the expansion and the Die Fighter in August for Gen Con. That's true. So yeah. it was better than the year of Shadowrun. No, oh, the year of Shadowrun still hasn't happened. <laughs> still waiting for three of the four games they promised in 2013. But, yeah. So... Stronghold, I trust them to come through. This is going to be the year of Survive. So what that means is they've actually announced a new Survive game. So this is not totally new, but it's what they're calling Reimagined, which is a really nice way of saying we changed a few things. Recycled. Yeah. <laughs> so this one's actually going to be set in space. It's called Survive Space Attack. And this was reimagined by uh, the Engelstein. So Brian, Sidney, and Jeff. So those who brought you Space Cadets in the year of Space Cadets as well. Mm. Um, this game is going to have players trying to escape from a space station as it comes under attack from aliens. So a lot of the similar mechanics to the original Survive, but they've listed a couple notable differences. So... First up, we're going to have a double-sided game board. So it's going to give you a little bit of variety in your setups um, and a couple of different challenges on each side, which is kind of cool. cool. We're also going to have fighter ships, which are going to give the players the ability to capture and redeploy alien creatures. I don't know. I guess you brainwash them or it's kind of... Sure. Yeah. Instead of getting beamed up, we're beaming them up now, I guess. So remember, this is reimagined. Ah, uh, Yes. <laughs> Uh, there's also a weapon system for some laser turrets. I guess these are on the bases themselves that players can use to defend their space stations against the aliens. Um, we're also going to have player powers on tiles that can be combined in different ways. So, I don't know, maybe when you flip over a tile, you get a specific player power. I don't know how that's going to work, but sounds interesting. And then there's also going to be... They're going to make the tiles a little bit thicker to kind of give it a more of a 3D look wow. with your space station. So that'll be neat. So as your spaceship starts to crumble, it kind of, I guess, deteriorates and you remove levels of it. Yeah. So those are the big notable differences. They sound pretty different. Yeah, it does. So, from the original Survive. <laughs> yeah. So it says, I mean, it says that they're going to keep most of the original Survive. So I guess this is just a couple of novelties added on to it, which is, it's cool. I mean, Survive's a game I like. That's one we started out playing back Damn. in the day. But it does get a little old after a while. So a little yeah, more variety. Yeah, you know, variable map and yeah, variety would be good. Yeah, so this is expected at uh, in September 2015. So you can probably expect maybe a few copies 
in advance of Gen Con if you're going to Gen Con, so stay tuned for that. Um, and then they're also going to have two mini expansions for it as well to launch. Uh, the Crew Strikes Back, which is going to have 20 crew cards that you can use during the game with unique powers. And also the 5-6 player, which will, unsurprisingly, increase it to 5 or 6 players. It's yeah. kind of original. Um, this is going to mm-hmm. retail for $50 MSRP, and the expansions will be $10 a piece. So that is the first bit of news in the year of Survive. So big news there. BGG has some pictures, if you're interested in seeing what some of the tiles look like, reimagined. Um, ah, so, <laughs> cool. Um, and then the other bit of Survive news is that the Dolphins, Squids, and 5-6 player expansion that already exists will be bundled together into one single $20 expansion. So if you haven't had a chance to get those expansions in the past, now's your time. You can get all three of them together. So that's pretty cool. Um, I'm bummed. I only I have the squids, so now I don't well, now you get want to buy a bundle. And five and six players, and just have a lot of squids. And just have bo- bonus squids. Squid meeple, so it's not like you're wasting an entire. It's not like an they, expansion box. It was just that little pack of squids. That's true. That's <laughs> true. So that rounds out the year of survive. So again, space attack with two mini expansions in September 2015, and then the Dolphin Squids and five and six player expansion coming back from Stronghold in one grouping. And I guess we'll just touch on real quickly, Stronghold also has two pre-orders up for sale now. Uh, Dark Moon, which is the reimagining of BSG Express, and Lagrange, which is very high on my list. It's a Euro game that had a limited release last year around Essen, uh, but Stronghold is bringing to the US in full force. So... Stay tuned for those. They'll be out this summer as well. Um, yeah, so that's what I have for Stronghold there. So moving right along, the Menza Award winners were announced this week. I know last news episode, we talked about some awards that were being announced from Origins and Dice Tower. Uh, Menza just went ahead and had those awards. So uh, this year's winners were announced, and some of them were rather cool to see, actually. One of them was uh, Lanterns, the Harvest Festival which was uh, kickstarted by Foxtrot Games and later picked up by Renegade Game Studios in coordination with Foxtrot. Uh, this is from designer Chris Chung, and obviously Randy Hoyt runs Foxtrot. We talked to Randy in one of our earlier episodes. He was our first interview ago, on the yeah. show. Yeah, it was a good interview. So go back and take a listen if you want to hear a little bit more about Lanterns. Uh, we also have a preview slash review on the site, nonsensicalgamers.com. So if you have interest in that, it's a really cool tile laying game with some spatial reasoning as far as how you place the tiles, which then awards each player based on where they're sitting different um, colors. And then you're trying it's a it's a set collection game with tile laying. It's it's really cool. It's beautiful. The artwork. Um, I just got my kickstarted version and the production quality top notch. I uh, can't wait to play it again. And we're going to be updating our review on the site with new pictures and everything. So stay tuned for that. So that was that was the one I was really happy to see because I think it's a well-deserving game. It's light, but it's fun. And it, it puts your brain to work a little bit. Uh, also uh, winning was Castles of Mad King Ludwig, which is a game that Matt doesn't like at all. <laughs> I actually am trying to get my hands on it because I actually kind of like it. So I want to give it another shot. We demoed it at Origins under duress i would say we just got out of the Mm. car after six hours and the demo didn't go as smooth as i I think it could have so it's one i'm willing to give another shot i've heard nothing but good things about it so i will gladly play it again but every time i see pictures of it i still don't think it's a very appealing looking game especially compared to suburbia i mean 
when you th- yeah suburbia is is simplistic so that kind of has its own appeal to it but i don't think either of them are like mind-blowingly beautiful to look at yeah so um, no, i was looking at the mensa awards because i just didn't know much about them and um i looked through the the last 10 years of winners and it looks like the last two or three years are when these designer board games have really been popping up like a lot of the ones that we would know um like the duke and euphoria and things like that uh, years ago things like quicks and some of the other smaller games that you've seen before um that you wouldn't be surprised about were there but i was interested to see how many of the more mainstream des- mainstream for us like designer board games are ending up on this mensa list yeah it's cool it means board gamers are getting smarter that's what they're telling us hopefully yeah. <laughs> us as a hobby population are becoming more intelligent and we're able Oof. to grasp men's high standards <laughs> so hopefully yeah we'll tell ourselves that so the other three that won um i'll just mention briefly because i personally haven't had a chance to try uh dragonwood from game right i'm not even sure if this one is released yet but I, it might not be. that i know of um letter tycoon from ad magic and breaking games sounds like a letter game i don't know much about yeah. that again and then trekking the national parks which is from bink inc llc oh yeah that was a that was a kickstarter last year i think and i haven't personally had a chance to play the final version of it so um that's cool to see though it's nice to see a uh, a different theme like that getting some attention yeah that one's super unique so again those are the men's award winners so some cool things there and congratulations to everyone that won let's talk about some game announcements so first up let's talk about uh portal games so everyone loves portal games they have a new die rolling game coming out so last time we spoke on the broadcast news uh tiff and i mentioned tides of time which was their two-player micro game with a little bit of drafting and set collection i think it was uh but this this one is called rattle battle grab the loot so immediately i'm drawn to it because it's pirate themed which is cool and just having ignacy's hands touch a pirate theme excites me because you know he oozes theme in his games and you know let him work on the pirate stuff and that would be really cool i'm gonna let matt talk about this one because he's been a little bit more in tune with this one than i have even though i'm really in touch with pirates (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so Rattle Battle, as much as Dan is the, the pirate theme guy, did kind of pique my interest. Um, it's got a real slick box art or like promo image released, and that's what um, was kind of floating around the internet for a while. So I read through the press release, and the, the interesting thing about this is that it is a dice rolling game. It's the first from Portal Games. They have primarily focused on some more like Euro style thematic games. Um, but this one seems to be like kind of like a dice fest. Everyone's got dice and each round, players will be taking dice from each player and rolling them into the box lid. And where they land in that box actually determines kind of what happens, what you get, how the pirates fight, or whether they retreat, or kind of the battles that occur. And then I believe that there are 50 or more like punch out pieces where you're actually going to be building a ship on your table, where you're going to be, you have a little ship layout and you'll be tiling up. Uh, piling up tiles to build a ship and deliver treasure to the pirate king and try to get points that way Um, it sounds really unique kind of light even though it is i think a 45 to 90 minute game so i'll be interested to see how the dice rolling compares with that time frame but yeah it sounded cool i think that the the thing that drew me in was the the spatial element kind of like dungeon twister of like where your dice land and how that works out so i thought that that was cool because otherwise it sounded like 
just kind of a dice rolling thing, but that that extra element seemed to set it apart. Is there any way that he's going to try and starve us in this game <laughs> or give us you, gangrene? I think or they're... <laughs> uh, well, no, I don't think you're going to accidentally... Island. <laughs> in turn one, you cut your hand and then six turns later, it turns out your pirates are dead. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, I do think there's some upkeep and there's there, I'm sure there's some unexpected elements that will will come into this one yeah so this one again um is going to be released at gen con this year so keep an eye out yeah, this, this might be one that people are rushing for we'll see if last year's imperial settlers craze is anything take note of it's that his games will go quick when he's there so yep yep definitely hopefully he brings more out. this year but we'll see so next up um is one near and dear to my heart and that is New two new expansions for Baseball Highlights 2045 from designer Mike Fitzgerald and Eagle and Griffin Games. This is one that we've spoken about at length on a prior podcast, uh, and I've also done a in-depth review of it on our site, as well as it's also on BGG. Um, if you care to take a look at that, but this again is the uh, two to four player, mainly two uh, deck building game where you're going to be buying players to construct your team and then playing these cards against each other in this kind of back and forth tactical uh, battle to kind of simulate a quick time baseball game. Um, it's really cool, uh, extremely unique what he's done with the deck building mechanic. It, I, I'm not a huge deck builder, as I've mentioned before on this podcast, but this one is one that just really uh, draws me in. I love it. It's it's very thematic, but you don't have to be a baseball fan to to get in on it and i know matt's played it and he's not a huge baseball fan but i think you can attest to you don't really have to be a baseball fan to like this one no not at all it's just something that if you do like baseball you'll appreciate kind of the the subtleties in the mechanics that make it feel like a baseball game but if you don't like baseball or you're kind of neutral one way or another like i am the game itself is still fun and interesting and it's got the hyper futuristic theme where it's got the robots and things like that. So it's a little abstracted from regular baseball. You don't feel like you're just kind of watching people for three hours stand in the outfield. But anyway, um, no, it's a good time. And you know, the best part about this expansion is that you finally get to fill up some of that box space, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to get started on that, but there's a lot of empty box space. So this is going to be expansion six and seven. Um, one through five was announced with the original printing and was released with the original printing. And this one is going to be expansion six is going to be called Airs, and expansion seven is going to be Big Fly, which okay, I guess maybe Pop Fly would have been better, but I don't know. Um, so we'll these see. are going to be released uh, later this year in coordination with a reprint of the base game. So anyone who hasn't been able to get their hands on this, you're in luck. They're going to be reprinting it. So I guess it's been getting a lot of good buzz, uh, yeah. which is awesome. So this is going to give you a bunch of new abilities and some new players to put into your free agent deck and all kinds of good things. So each of them will be 15 cards. And it's just one of those things you can mix and match these different modules. And some are cooler than others. They bring they all bring a different flavor to the game, different immediate actions, different all kinds of stuff. So I'm really looking forward to this. And they also announced that they're also going to be doing 12 new 15 card starter teams. So in the base game, there's four wow. four starter teams. You got San Fran, Los Angeles, Boston, and ugh, New York. But they're going to be releasing 12 new ones. And hooray, Baltimore is going to be one of them. And rumor has it that yeah. when you play as Baltimore, it's going to be a riot. Oh, oh, geez. too soon, too Ugh. soon, too soon. God bless our city. Probably. I love it. I love uh -oh. Baltimore. I do love it. 
But um, yeah, so exciting. It gives you a chance to just play as one of your favorite teams. They're going to have a couple of new veteran cards to differentiate the the teams uh, a little bit more. But all in all, super excited. Really happy to fill some more box space with this game and give it a lot more replayability. So, Yeah. And if we weren't excited enough about all the new things that we can buy, the Gen Con vendor hall map was released. Yes. And now we can start planning our pathway to make our purchases and elbow small children and women out of the way. Yes. All of that happens. It's like a Black Friday Walmart stampede. It might be worse. It might actually be worse. There's less, well, the hygiene level. I'm not sure. are just ruthless, especially in that vendor hall. Yeah. They're trying to get to that new Paizo release or anything. You're in trouble. Yeah, I was not surprised to see that basically the big names that you would expect are uh, they've got the same space. It seems to be the similar layout to previous years where you've got the big Paizo booth on the left. You've got the Fantasy Flight booth that will have a line stretching around the whole hall uh, right in the middle. You've got a big old uh, Mayfair section where just people will be staring at the 2015 Catans and... Um, but I did see, is it Asmodee has a couple like mini booths combined with their main booth? They usually, in years past, they've had just that one big space in the middle. But the way yeah. I think it's broken out is because like the their vendor piece is like across the aisle from their demo piece, which is across the aisle. Okay. From that. So it's, it may look on the map, but I think it's all one big happy area, but they just break it up by their vendor and their demo area. Gotcha, and how they sold the space to them yeah. and stuff. But this year, yeah. who knows? Because, I mean, since you know we were last there, Asmodee has bought every board game company in the world. So I know it's basically their vendor hall. I don't, I mean, the map just says Asmodee. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they've, maybe they've broken it out to maybe give a little more attention to some of their smaller subsidiaries or something. I don't know. Yeah, or maybe gave them their own space or something like that, but it's still under the Asmodee title. Yeah. So. Either way, it's out there, so you can start salivating, planning your routes, getting ready to rock, rock and roll for Gen Con. We still have Origins, and I think Dice Tower Con happens before Gen Con as well, but it's it's con season, and it's time to start planning. Yeah, I think the events for Gen Con will be released the week after this podcast airs, so okay. I think the event calendar, and then towards the end of the month, they're actually going to have registration, I think, is opening. So I got to do True Dungeon one of these days. You're on your own. I know. It's me. I'll find Sme. <laughs> find Sme and his collection. Throwing of poker chips at things. So yeah. cool. So light light week in the news, but some still some exciting things to be happy about. So that's that's it. So here's my generic All sign right. off. Bye-bye. Well, don't sign off just yet, because we have a ton of Kickstarter projects to go through. So we're gonna transition into Kickstarter Spotlight now. And the first project that we are going to jump on is one that you need to pay attention to. And if you if you like the sound of it, pause this podcast once we st- we're done talking about it and go back it because that is Xenon Profiteer from Eagle Griffin Games and designer T.C. Petty III, who did Viva Java and Viva Java, the coffee game, the dice game. Um, this is at the time of this recording is about 80 percent funded, um, and this will be ending on May 15th at some strange hour, um, like one or two in the morning Eastern time. So if you like this game jump on it immediately once you hear this um the game itself is like i said called xenon profiteer and what you are trying to do thematically is distill xenon from the air and you do this through some interesting card play and kind of hand management 
it's a lighter style game, but it looks like it's got some kind of chunky elements where you're trying to upgrade your distillery um, and trying to play to, you know, a strategy that lets you get all of these other uh, compounds or uh, elements out of the air so that you're left with only xenon in your hand. And when that happens, you can score that xenon. So it, it looks pretty interesting. And I took some time to kind of look through the project before I decided to back. But I think ultimately, this is going to be a fun game. And hopefully, within the next couple of days, it'll it'll hit funding. So by the time you're hearing this, hopefully it's funded. And uh, maybe you want to dedicate your 30 bucks to helping out xenon profiteer. It looks like a fun game. Yeah, it does. And it's, uh, I've seen some of the cards. They're really well done. Uh, Daniel Solis did the graphic design. So it's a really streamlined, smooth, kind of just neat and clean looking game. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is going to be, I think it's going to be the next game in the Eagle and Griffin bookshelf series. So that's pretty cool as well. Okay. If you like to collect cool. those, yeah, that's the size box you can expect for this. Okay. So like I said, May 15th, which is. Basically, the day of this recording, or the day that you're hearing this, 30 bucks, go check it out, Xenon Profiteer. And next up, we have Wombat Rescue, which is not on Kickstarter just yet, but you can look for it in the coming days, right after you're hearing this. And Dan, how about you give us an overview of this game about poop? Yeah, so Wombat Rescue from designer Matt Wolf, and this is again another Eagle and Griffin Games. Those guys are all over Kickstarter lately. Um, they are. This game will be hitting Kickstarter on May 15th for a, a short period. I think it's only going to be a 15 or 17 day project. So you're going to have to oh, well. get in on it quick. But it's going to draw you in because it's a really fun game. Um, in this game, you're basically playing the role of a mama wombat in search of her baby wombats. And for those who don't know, wombats poop cubes. And they use this to kind of create these smell areas that ha- helps them navigate the lands and traverse whatever they need to traverse. <laughs> it's so interesting and so weird. It is. And if you don't believe me, literally Google wombat just, poop and you'll just see this yep. cube of poop. It's hilarious. It's crazy. Um, how Matt came up with this, I'm not quite sure. It's kind of probably going to be a cool story and you'll get to hear that next week because we're actually going to be talking to Matt Wolf on our next podcast about the origins of Wombat Rescue and how he came up with the idea that wombats need to poop on a game board. But in this game, like I mentioned, you're going to be the mama wombat <laughs> and you're trying to capture, not capture, but <laughs> retrieve your baby wombats uh, all while avoiding the dingo who is kind of roaming the the board in search of wombats to just pick up and cuddle i guess we'll say that (laughs) he doesn't eat you but he sends you back to your home space Um, Ah. and how you're going to be doing that is you're going to be collecting food around the board and this food is going to go through your player board which is a picture of a wombat's digestive track it's really cute the art in this game is amazing it's by um uh, the, the same artist who did Waggle Dance, and his name is slipping my mind right now, and I apologize. But if you remember that kind of really cool kind of paper mache style art, that same style is being applied to Wombat Rescue. So it's really slick, looks beautiful. Um, we have the proto. We'll have a review of this on nonsensicalgamers.com as well. But um, what you're doing is as this food makes its way through its digestive tract, as it gets out the other end of it you're gonna poop a cube on the board and this enhances your smell area which allows you to move greater distances across the board and you're basically trying to network your different smell areas so that you can traverse the board in as 
efficient and quick a manner as you can to be the first to get your wombats back home safely. So it's a race game, um, but it's really cool. It's it's light, but it's still got some really nice decisions. There's a lot of different variants we've been playing with that that Matt has put in the game. It is a sol- it does have solo play for those out there who enjoy that. And it's yeah, it's really cool. It's unique beyond belief. So. Make sure to keep an eye out for this. Again, it launches on the 15th, so the day after if you're listening to this on launch day for the podcast. Cool. So next up is, I, I'm just so looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this, Dan. This is Besieged from the Second Gate uh, Game Company in conjunction with Cool Mini or Not. So Cool Mini or Not is actually putting this out, but this was designed from the folks at the Second Gate. Um, this is a miniatures-based cooperative tower defense game where players will be assuming the role of a hero and similar to similar in in look and feel to something like castle panic if you've ever seen that game basically you're in the the center stronghold and all of these monsters are coming down these lanes attacking the various sides of your of your compound Um, this game is well overfunded like almost every cool mini or not project so loads of stretch goals have been unlocked you're getting a lot of extra minis Um, and this will be ending on may 19th so you have a few days to check it out after you're hearing this uh, Dan, what are you, what's your thought? I, I spent a lot of time looking at this today, and uh, this is, I think we might actually disagree. This is one I have on reminder, um, as I do with most cool mini or not projects. When I see them launch, I assume that within the next five to six minutes, they'll have $900,000 worth of funding, and they'll unlock 40,000 stretch goals. Um, yep. So I always put a reminder on it and I'll come back and see where it's at towards the end of the project just to kind of see. Because usually with cool mini or not projects, like them or not, from a gameplay standpoint, you get your money's worth in plastic and components. And really, you can't argue with that in the least because these projects make so much money. They just churn out miniatures left and right. Um, The reason this one interests me more than other games previously is I love tower defense. It's one of those things that I I haven't found one that's translated to the tabletop that I really like. Uh, Castle Panic, eh, it's okay. I I remember we played it. We probably played it last year at some point, and I just thought it it just wasn't that entertaining. Um, I've heard some of the expansions make it a little better, so again, willing to give it a shot. But I love tower defense, and I really would like to see something translated wonderfully onto the tabletop that's really cool um, yeah the miniatures look amazing as always i mean that's a given i liked that when you're in the tower so you have like the different heroes that all kind of have their own set role i guess and special powers that i don't know it it, it gave me a feel of a more in-depth run fight or die in a way where you're just being overloaded yeah. you got that kind yeah. of physical yeah. presence of the the onslaught coming at the castle and yeah, so I, I don't know. I, as far as the gameplay, again, this is one I have re- a reminder on. I'll go back and really make my final decision because it is like 90 bucks for this game. So it's one I'm, I will put the time into it. But just at, at first glance and first kind of run through the page, it, it definitely it, it warranted a, a remind me because I thought it, I thought it looked really interesting. So. Yeah. Why do you think yeah, we I thought that well I I made the same comparison in my head to Run Fighter Die. It does it has that physical presence um but I went through I watched their gameplay video and I think tower defense for me at least is somewhat of like a grail genre. I'm waiting for someone to do it the right way. Uh, I still can't, 
it's hard to capture. Video games really do tower defense well, and board games just haven't been able to get that. So one of the reasons I have Xenoshift Onslaught, which is a tower defense style card game from Cool Mini. So I've already blown my hundred bucks on a Cool Mini tower defense. So that stops me there. Um, but the real reason is while I liked what I saw and I liked the idea of it, I I wasn't engaged enough with the theme. And this is such a theme heavy game, but I didn't find the monsters interesting. I didn't really find the the overall gameplay that interesting either, like how it translated, because even for someone like me, who's all about like I'm I'm down to play an experience game. It just looked kind of boring. You you roll dice and you you do get to move around and select actions. And I like that idea. But the actual combat is just like I watched the gameplay video, which good good on them for putting one up there. They have a full gameplay video. The mega boss, the son of the abyss comes out and then they roll three dice. They each one rolls a die and they're like, oh, we beat it. Okay. It, it goes off the board and we continue with our turn. And I was like, ah, that was almost such a cool moment. And then it fell so flat for me. So I think when it comes to like a hundred dollar game, I can't, I can't swing it on something like this when I've got, you know, a game that I do enjoy already sitting on my shelf that kind of does the same thing. So I was surprised because I thought I was really going to like it. And then I looked and I was like, eh, the sculpts are nice, but I don't like the monsters themselves. Like, I don't like what they've done. The only thing I really can get behind is the heroes. I think that that's a cool idea, individual hero powers and how how good they look. But I don't know. No, that's fair. And I, I like all their projects, I'm I'm attracted by the shine, but yeah. I haven't opened up the hood on this one to kind of take a look inside. Yeah. But you still feel burned by Arcadia Quest, don't you? I do, and that's why because I'm so mad. It's hard to let go because that was a good one. That was that that was worth all the bling. Yeah. And I think the couple projects that they've released since just haven't quite hit his home. Yeah, haven't quite been as successful. I've been interested in a few, like that pirate one, the MOBA style was okay. Yeah. But again, that was another one where the gameplay just didn't draw me in. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll take a look at this one a little more in depth. But I think we'll see. Let me know. It it very well could be cool, and I'd be happy to play it. I just. I can't swing it at this point because I looked and I was like, eh, it just isn't grabbing me enough. Yeah, that's fair. But anywho, all right, it so. very well could be someone's thing. Moving right along. <laughs> yeah. See. So the next one up is called Tides of Infamy. This is from Jacob Bunting, um, who is a part of Game Walker Games. Um, this game is funded and it will be ending June 5th. So you got plenty of time. Um, and this is a... It's up to four player competitive, or you can play two versus two team play. And this is a pirate, like high seas themed game. It's got elements of pick up and deliver with elements of combat built into it. And it's on this um, card tile based map where you're, it's all flipped down at the beginning and you are actually sailing out, discovering um, the area and discovering where the goods are and where to pick up and to bring back to the pirate cove to deliver. But then there's this extra element of you can fight your opponents, but you can also fight these monsters that jump up and try to eat you, which are kind of cool. So it, it looked interesting. I watched a full gameplay video of this one, too, and this one seemed unique enough. You know, what did you think, Dan? I was I was drawn to the board. I thought the board looked really cool. It's a pirate theme. So obviously it's it's got my attention right from the start. Are pirates the new zombies? I think I think they're getting there, which is kind of sad. Hitting me. their stride that would that would very much sadden me. Yeah, as long as ninjas don't get worn out, I'm okay. 
It, they'll have their heyday, I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah. They're next. I think Vikings is going to be the new zombies, though. Ooh. I think there's going to be... There's been a lot of Viking announcements recently. Vikings is just like... I'm so excited about all the Viking games, though. I don't mind it's Vikings. It's such an interesting part of history. I'm the same part with... The same, the same way with Pirates. I think there's just a lot to explore with Pirates. Yeah. I think zombies have kind of been beaten to death, um, as we've talked before. But I think there's still a lot. Uh, you can... I get the joke. Oh. That was unintentional, but no, it really was intentional. Um, it wasn't, but yeah, now this one's this one looks cool. Uh, again, I want to, I have it on my radar. So deciding yeah. whether to pull the trigger or not. Kickstarter, I've yeah. mentioned before, is just one of those things I'm being very cautious with lately. But yeah, if it gets a reminder, well, that means I'm very intrigued by it. So yeah yeah so this one has funded it's just over its funding goal um like i said june 5th 45 bucks gets you the game definitely something worth checking out if you like pirate games and you like kind of pick up and deliver stuff it it looks like it puts a new spin on things but we will continue moving right along um next up is a project that doesn't need much explanation at all because it is called coup rebellion g54 and this is basically a is it a reimagining? Is it an expansion? I'm not sure. It's a re-implementation of Coup, um, the popular deduction and deception game. So this is from Indie Boards and Cards. Um, this is the same exact game as Coup. It's just more. So they've devised 25 new characters and are packing the box with enough stuff for eight players to play with all those characters. It's flashy the art's nice you're getting some exclusive stuff if you back the kickstarter but it is just the same coup game so if you like coup sure but if you're like okay i have coup or i don't care about coup and that's fine with me you'll probably want to pass on this um this one will be ending may 20th 30 bucks gets you the game and it is funded so no no worries there the only other thing to consider is if you are going to gen con or essen they have a system set up where you can get Gen Con or Essen pickup and get all the Kickstarter exclusives. However, you do not back the Kickstarter to do that. You have to send them an email and get put on this list. And basically the first day of Essen and the first day of Gen Con, you can go to the Indie Boards and Cards booth and and buy your um, Kickstarter exclusive Coup Rebellion copy. But don't back the Kickstarter if you're going to do Gen Con or Essen pickup because um, that's just for shipping. And... If you're one of those people who are upset when others get their games before Kickstarter backers, this is one where people at Gen Con will have a chance to get it before your copy will ship to you. They openly put that disclaimer on their website. So just something to keep in mind when you're waiting for your copy to show up and all the Gen Con folks have their copy already. Anywho, still looks like a fun game. I might back it just because I don't have coup, but I don't know. Next up is one that we have recently gotten to play a prototype of, and we have a short endorsement on the, the Kickstarter page. This is Swamped from Bellwether Games. This is a semi-co-op set collection micro game um, kind of thing where you are a team of adventurers in a swamp or a team of explorers in a swamp, and you're trying to collect rare animals and objects, and you are each given a secret objective at the beginning of the game, kind of like Dead of Winter or other secret objective games, and you will be collectively moving about the swamp to avoid hazards like crocodiles and swamp tigers, um, while also trying to meet your own own personal goal. 
So I like this idea of, I think that this is what makes semi-co-ops really successful is when you have the tension of having your own goal versus the the goal of the collective. So I think that they took a good avenue or they, they made a good choice by going down that route. Um, the production value looks really clean and really nice. I really like the art that they've done. It's by the same team that did Antidote, their first game, Bell Leather Games' first game. And those both of these games have a really nice graphic design um, team behind them. They've done some good work. So 12 bucks plus shipping, which is only $2 in the U.S. So 14 bucks if you're in the U.S. gets you this game. It's not a bad price for an interesting little game. It, I would check out the Kickstarter page to see if it's for you, though. The Kickstarter campaign will end on June 6th. So plenty of time to check it out. And our very last project um, quickly is called Zen Bins Dice Storage. This is a plastic tray accessory for your collectible dice and card games, which basically means any of the Dice Masters lines that WizKids have put out recently. Um, these are nice little like uh, vacuum trays that basically can hold a couple hundred uh, dice per set. And they also hold your cards. So these look really nice for minimalist storage and then also travel if you do like tournaments for Dice Masters and things like that. Uh, Dan was nice enough to get me the nice big wooden box to hold my Dice Masters. But I recently picked up a couple of the extra starter sets from the new sets. And this might be a good cheap option for me to store those as well just to not take up so much space. So that was one that I might back because they go as cheap as 10 bucks and as expensive as 50 bucks. But it seems to be worth the value. So that's another one to check out if you're interested in those style of games. Yep. If you don't want to put your dice in a pop-o-matic bubble, you can put them in this thing. Uh, <laughs> that'd be a great way to play Dice Masters. Anyway, uh, so that is the end of our very exhaustive Kickstarter list. Some cool projects out there for you to check out if you're interested interested in them. You can always head over to our show notes to find those links. So we are going to wrap this broadcast News episode. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, there are lots of different ways. You can go to the Facebook page by searching for the League of Nonsensical Gamers. We'd be happy to have a like and some conversation over there. You can find us on BGG at guild number 2077, where we always post a link um, to our, our episode. And we also always have a conversation starter for whatever we talked about in the most recent episode. So check us out there and join the conversation. You can also shoot us an email at podcast.nonsensicalgamers.com if you want to talk to us directly. Feel free to send along an email, show ideas, things that you want to hear about, things that you like, things that you have feedback for. We're open to it. Send those along. And if you don't mind, we would love some iTunes reviews. That's a great way to get our show on the map and hopefully have other people find out. And then we can refine our products so that everyone's happy. That would be a great way. So you can go to iTunes and review us there um, or review us on Stitcher because we are also on there. Or you can find us on Board Game Links and give us a heart so that we travel up the chart there and more people can find the show. But overall, we always end the show with our Twitter handles because that is the best way to connect with us directly. We are on our phones all the time and we will get those right to our screen and we can reply to you. So, Dan, if people want to reach out to you, how can they find you? At League Nonsense or at Scandalous underscore Ned. And I am at Cinnamon Buns, spelled phonetically, or you can find my name in the show note if you can't spell that. And Tiff... We'll plug her. She is at Inept Gamer. She is not here on the show, but she would love to chat with you. So you can find her there. But for now, we will sign off and you can join us next week for episode 22 of the main feed. Bye. Turtles. Turtles.